It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Doc Wesson, and in this episode of the Gun Nation, in Paul's quest for some modular enjoyment, he's come across the MMP 2.0. The CEO of NPR, maybe a gun guy. We discuss a little bit about mentoring shooters. Rounded up talking about appendix carrying codex. All that and more in this episode of the Gun Nation. Yep, it begins right now. week i had average joe because paul couldn't make it paul sucked sucked bad <laughs> yeah, yeah he's just he was with his cousin julie yep. no katie what's julie's last name no katie carlson well she's not katie carlson anymore but i won't throw her name out there <laughs> i got she you. sells golf clubs for K- ping uh-huh. no she sells apparel for ping and she was in town hitting all the golf clubs and it was great. You know, came and stayed at our place well, we had nice, dinner man. we had lunch it was awesome but well, I had to all miss i know guys. all i know is um you know, we all tried to get together, all three of us. Right. And Joe goes, yeah, I'm in. And then Paul's like, oh, yeah, I'm in. And then all of a sudden, oh, man, I feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a cousin and all this. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. And then as I'm setting up to record, <laughs> I look on Facebook and Paul posted this thing that he talked to Julie Claude. <laughs> yep. Did I say that right? Yep. Golob? Is that how she said it's it? It's Golob. Golob? Golob, Where did I get yeah. Golob? I don't know. It's Man, got two O's, a G, me. an L, and a B. I mean, mix them around. You can get all kinds of stuff. You know, and I've heard that, and I should know that. I don't, you know, I've, I've seen her on TV or whatever, and she says her last name. But Yeah. I was probably not of correct mind at that very moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, she, uh, so so anyway, Paul's got this post, and it's like, oh, recorded with Julie tonight. I was like, oh, yeah, that's your cousin. <laughs> no, that was during the <laughs> Blow day. Blow us off for the real stuff. Blow That's what we got to do is we got to get you to quit your day job, Doc. Man, I would love that. If we could get you to quit your day job, we could record at like noon. That would like be great. do a lunch recording. It would be yeah. awesome. Maybe do three at one time. Oh, we should yeah. batch this stuff out. I missed you. Like what's cracking me up. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually get some stats here. Mm-hmm. We have been chatting 
right now for 50 minutes, 15 mm. seconds. Like that's how long it's been since we've interacted mm. because we are so crazy busy. We have been. And, you know, that's what, what um, Joe was saying last week. It's like I said, well, yes, good talking to you, Joe. Yes. And people don't realize this is actually the first time in months we've actually spoken. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's true. Same here. But, I, you know, I've been trying to keep up with what you're doing. and well, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that. That way I can make fun of you anytime I want. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> trying to have some fun while we're doing all oh, this yeah. crazy gun stuff. Yeah. Crazy gun stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. So what have you been up to, man? <sighs> Well, um, I spent a week out in Colorado a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We had a uh, an Athlon Outdoors. It's called the Rendezvous. Mm. And what we did is we brought together – this was really kind of a cool concept. Uh, all the – not all. Many of the contributors to Athlon Outdoors. So we're talking ballistic magazine, combat handguns, personal defense world, the website Tactical Life, et cetera. Photographers, videographers mm-hmm. – writers. And then we invited manufacturers to come out and share their wares. And so we spent four days on the range and uh, meeting with manufacturers, looking at what they had, shooting, recording. I didn't fire a single gun the entire time I was there. I ran my camera. Oh my gosh. And uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Saw a lot of neat stuff. That's awesome, A lot of neat stuff. So that's, you know, and since then I've been editing video and organizing video files and trying to get all that stuff taken care of because I shot a terabyte of video. Oh my gosh. One terabyte. Have you done this before or with them or is this the first time you've done it? I have done video work for Athlon Outdoors previously, but this is the first time that they've had this rendezvous. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's kind of a new concept. And I think that it went over really well Mm -hmm. and you know, we're spread out all over the country, like a lot of businesses are today, right? We're not centered in one place. Right. So this was the first time that I'd met a lot of the people that I do work for. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that, you know, some of the other photographers and videographers had been in the same place. And so it was a great time to exchange ideas and, you know, look and see how this guy is doing lighting for video and how this guy is, you know, getting different angles and oh, bouncing yeah. ideas. So, you know coming together like that from that standpoint was incredibly positive. And then, you know, all the, the interaction with manufacturers was great too. Cool stuff going, coming out. Cool well, that's, stuff. That's excellent, man. That is excellent. Yeah. And so I see, obviously you've done some, uh, some type of recording here with uh, Julie and uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to get the SSA podcast up and running again. And, and you know, just, <laughs> just like all feeling. the challenges we face with gun nation Mm-hmm. trying to get schedules to work out and, uh, you know, getting the, the topic squared away and doing the editing and getting the posting and then, you know, marketing the stuff. It, man, it just sucks the time out of you. It's unbelievable. Oh, God, I know it. And if you got yeah. a family and a job doing something right. else too. Right, yeah. Baby, you know. When I'm lucky, I don't really, you know, this is what I do. So I don't have the distraction, you know, from it of, of having a, a, quote, day job. Right. But at the same time. I mean, I've got classes to teach and flights to book to go on this trip. And well, right. I mean, there's other things. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. the only thing. So You're it's crazy. Hood, man. I know. Yeah. I know. And of course, the yeah. wife is like, get in here and get these dishes up. I got a, you know, I got a headache. She's not. She, my, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> like, I've never won the lottery mm-hmm. except in marriage. That, that woman tolerates. It's un, It's unbelievable. She to- she tolerates so much, so I'm very thankful. For that. <laughs> very thankful. Not going down that road, I could have. 
<laughs> She's an awesome one, that's for sure. There now, does she allow you to sharpen your knives? Nice. <laughs> I actually meant to bring a sharpener down with me today to like bring it back to old times. <laughs> I right? know. I miss that. I really miss it. I, I, I want to get a power one just so it's easier and louder. Yeah, louder. But, and uh, we got to wait till Joe's talking. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. So, so when's Julie's? When you plan on getting that? Uh, or have you done it yet? Have you oh, it's that? up. Yeah. Oh. It went up. Um, oh. well, why haven't I heard it yet? I'll have to go. I don't know. Go download it, Download Doc. that. And... Yeah. Went up 8 o'clock Sunday night. That's when I use Libsyn for hosting. Oh, yeah. And so that's when it starts the day. So I try and release stuff at 8 p.m. And uh, tons of downloads. Great. She is such a pro. Oh, yeah. She is, number one, an incredibly positive person and incredibly professional. Uh, made it easy. And then uh, on the other side of the coin, when it comes to you know promoting the show, like she wrote a blog post about the fact that we did a show. Mm-hmm. Like, like how, how kind is that for her to help and promote my show? Oh, I, really? I appreciate it. We, we should have her on here sometime. Oh, we will. If she, really I mean, we will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she'll do it. <laughs> oh, she will. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, she's got she's got a lot of of uh, of good motivations as to why. You know, I mean, helping to get the word out there about the the companies that she works with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a good advantage for her. And so, us, you know, recording a podcast and talking about you know companies like Smith and Wesson and and Trigicon and Liberty Safe. You know, those are all beneficial to her. Sure. Federal premium ammunition sponsors her. Sure. And uh, and then you know she's got a big run she was nominated by the nominating committee which is odd that the nominating committee nominates it seems redundant but that's what they do uh for the nra board of directors she's gonna be running for the nra board of directors this year yeah we need help there <laughs> yeah i well, won't go any further with that but no nah, you know I, I think i think that's a reasonable thing to be saying right now there are a lot of people that are disappointed that are frustrated that are upset that are confused yeah um that, a lot of people that don't know what to think and I think that we, we do need help there. And, yeah. you know, in my personal opinion, there's, there's a short list of folks that, that I know well enough and, and trust well enough that I could say, yeah, this person for sure knows what's in our best interest. And, and right. you know, she's one of those people. So I got you, man. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Now, there's, there's some on the board now that, you know, I feel comfortable with, obviously. Yeah, I agree with I, that. I don't mean to, to say, hey, you know, we're, we don't right. like it. That's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Willis Lee, for instance, you know, he, I, I like him and he's, he's done well. We've got a couple of folks, you know, the Buckeye Firearms Association is a, is a very pro second amendment organization. Yes. It's Ohio based. I know it's state based, but we've got two of our, I, I believe they're board of directors mm-hmm. from the Buckeye Firearms Association that are on the board of the NRA, which I'm, yeah. I'm very happy to see them sure. there. Sure. Um, but you know, Julie's one of those people that bridges the gaps oh yeah without a doubt she's one of those folks that that just about everybody can associate with and understand competitive shooter cool Mm -hmm. you know competitive shooters can can understand where it is she's coming from she's a hunter okay great now we've got folks that are interested in hunting she's obviously a woman Mm -hmm. and there's a a much really hadn't noticed yeah right right exactly much larger population of females in in shooting which is fabulous to see our our community diversifying and so She's got a lot of things to offer, and she's been a professionalist industry for a long time. You know, she entered the the United States Army as an 18 year old straight out of high school, mm-hmm. and has been a professional in the industry ever since. Right, and, and now she's still. 28. Yeah, so, and still you know, young. Right, uh, it's not really true, but 
you know, it, it, she's, she's one of those people that's been full time in the industry for a long time. Right. And right. so she's, she's got a lot of understanding of what it is that's happening. And, and everybody knows her. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a great part of it. And everybody she always has a smile her. on her face. Yep. So it's a good well, thing. Well, I'm, I'm all for that then. Right on with that. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll, if she, you know, sometime we'll get her on, you know, and, and do it. I think that'd be good. I think, I think it would great, be too. Actually. I think it would so, be too. And since y'all are tight, you know. We'll just yeah, you know. be the one to say, hey, yo. Hey, yo, I'll, I'll uh, you know. Come on over, bring the Tito's, and. Uh... <laughs> She's a beer drinker. She'll, she'll oh, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe get her to have a beer before she comes on. I don't know. She might not wait till bud. after. Not sure. Yeah. Definitely not Bud. No, not Bud. Not Bud. But uh, that'd be good, man. That's yeah. pretty good. Be really good. Be yeah. really good. But, uh, so, you know, uh, well, it's good that you're staying busy and doing stuff and. What have you been doing? I haven't had a chance to listen to last week's episode yet, which I really want to listen to to see what you guys said about me. Yeah, I don't think it was that bad. I think it was. <laughs> I was so shocked I was getting one done that I couldn't get. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now everybody's shocked to listening. Now it's been two weeks in a row. Eight, two in a row. Two in a row. Look what have out. I been doing? Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, um, just work. I mean, uh, like I said last, I think last week I said this, but <clears throat> we lost a. Uh, one of the chemists at work, she, uh, one of my chem, one of my chemists had had actually gone to another company, and mm-hmm. um, I ended up having to pick up her slack. So mm. we've had we've had a lot going on. Um, my company was bought. You know, I think I mentioned that before. The I was going to say a couple of years ago, eighteen months ago, uh, something like that. Not maybe it has been. I don't know if it's been. That. I know that about eighteen months ago they were looking probably okay. on buying us, right. but. It did happen. It's, well, it may have been that long. I think it's at least been a year, obviously. But, uh, yeah, and with that, you know, there's a whole new uh, group of things you have to start to deal with at that point. And things change, and they're moving in different directions, and we're all trying to figure out our place and what it is they're wanting to do. And Right. And then, of course, uh, I develop products, obviously, and all that. And so we're trying to push those out pretty good. And um uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's just been busy doing that. I really don't have that much time to shoot as much as I'd like to. Hopefully that's going to pick up a little now that I'm adjusted a little bit. But I got to say, you know, it's like I said before, I, it was just nice some nights to, and I hate to say it because I enjoy doing the shows. I really do. I, you know, this is the 10th year that I've been doing mm-hmm. the show. And, um, you know, of course with help, I think I, I started out, uh, first year maybe and some change uh, I was by myself then picked up Joe and then from there we've been through people and <clears throat> the the whole thing was it just you know 10 years and I was thinking oh you know I'd like to do a 10 year anniversary show or something mm-hmm. like that and then I thought you know I'd really like to take a break <laughs> so I didn't mean to but it just happened and then when we did try to get together it was just you know again life man you know you yeah. guys are busy and i was busy and it just just hey it happened but we're we're you know i think uh, i've got i'm rejuvenated and wanting to do them again and um well and that's you know it it kind of coincided with the break i took with ssa you know i kind of laid off and tried to figure some stuff out and you know part of this whole chunk of time we were talking before we got on today yeah you know we were talking about the technical aspects of podcasting trying to make it easier Mm -hmm. because sometimes it is so frustrating to try and make everything so that it turns out right you know internet connections get in the way oh lord storms get in the way oh yes you know kids that are you know have activities and and jobs and all these things and you know trying to to deal with all of the 
obstacles that get in the way are tough. And and I'll tell you what, I'm I'm totally fired up about you know getting it going too. You got you've been at it a lot longer than I have. You know, I started in uh, gosh 2010. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only been seven years, mm-hmm. but that's still a good time. Man, podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, most podcasts make it six six episodes. I think is the is the standard. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that's the life of most podcasts. So pretty awesome that you know in in all the forms you've been involved in this, it's been going on. I mean, that's that's why we've jokingly called you the Podfather. The Podfather in in the firearms industry. Let's be serious. You've been <laughs> at this longer than anybody else. That's about right. There's a couple I think that um, are still doing it. That they died. Been around a while. They died. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're the oldest. <laughs> you've been at it longer. Well, I, I mean, it's like I said last week. I'm probably out of the ones that were doing it. I'm probably third, fourth, maybe. Uh, of the oldest, yeah, not in age, but well, maybe in the age now. I don't know, but well, but uh, that's a big deal. You know, yeah, because if you look right now at the gun podcast world, there's a lot of gun podcasts. Oh, there it's a ton. Oh, it a is a lot ton. of them. And what's interesting to me is there's so many podcasts, mm-hmm. but it seems like there's so little really high quality content coming out of them. And I hate I don't I don't mean to sound negative. Mm-hmm. But there's not a ton of really thoughtful, you know, most of it's entertainment. And, and right. I like, I want this to be entertaining, but at the same time, like, like there needs to be some really good quality content that comes yeah. out of it as well. I agree. I mean, that was my, my whole point at the beginning when I started doing it. I thought, you know, there, there needs to be a, um, an air of, um, uh, you know, uh, expertise, I guess, to a certain mm-hmm. extent that comes through on it. And uh, since I've been in the industry, you know, at the time uh, with ballistics and things like that, I thought, well, that's, you know, that's my thing. So there you go. And then, of course, training, you're the guy, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, concealed carry, self-defense, so you're the guy. You know, Average Joe's the guy that, um, you know, does self-defense as well as the uh, you know reviews for guns and sure all yeah that and the, rights. the the active shooter stuff you know yeah with his, all that definitely his security that, background yeah, you know yeah, exactly it, it's really a great balance we just gotta we gotta figure it out and get the three of us back together man mm-hmm. don't worry nice. folks joe's not mad at me i'm not mad at joe <laughs> we're all good yep yep that's right i mean so you know that's right we i hit on this of course some last week and i won't go too much further because i don't want to bore everybody with it again but uh yeah it's you know it, it is tough and it's yeah. just so happened it's just weird this week that um uh again like i explained last week it was a situation where at the beginning of the week typically on a monday it's hard for me but tuesday i'll probably pretty much know about what the rest of the week's going right. to look like and um you know i do other things uh outside of my home life and work as well that i won't discuss here but those things that i do and and i'm obligated for and you know sometimes they take over on a moment's notice and you don't know or and most of the time they are scheduled up for uh, you know one day a week and it the thing is you know that eats it up too and oh yeah so but so it's just hard to like we say to to pinpoint one day that we all can kind of do it because we we start out as about tuesday i'll say okay i'm good for this day and everybody sometimes everybody be like yeah and then all of a sudden i'll be like oh no wait a minute <laughs> sorry guys yeah. wrong wrong road well, it's crazy you know there. those those folks yeah, out there that do. like you and me are parents like my kids are now old enough mm-hmm. they're actually doing stuff yeah 
you know, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, you know, your, your activities are getting in the way of me recording my podcast, kid. What's, what's your problem? And so, so there's that balance too. It's Mm -hmm. cracking me up. You know, my, my nine-year-old last night, you know, was tied up at at rehearsal with her until 11 o'clock for this, this community theater play. Nine years old. It's, it's Monday. (laughs) She needs to be in bed before 11 o'clock. You gotta be kidding me. My nine-year-old child, like, Man, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> don't even know what to say. Well, that's just how it goes, though. But yep. yeah, I mean, you know, so we somehow ended up this week. You know, I sent out the call. I guess what was it yesterday? It was yesterday, Tuesday, or yeah. the day before, or so, the day after yesterday. So, yeah. I'm not sure which. Can't said I need to. Talk. You know, these are the days I can do it. And uh, the towards the end of the week, I'm I'm up taking so. And then, of course, uh, you know, I think uh, Joe said, nah, he could only do it the days I couldn't, basically. Right. And then you, right. you could. You said you could jump in. And I thought, well, hey, man, we did one with Jay last week. We'll do one you this week and maybe next week or next time we do it. Hopefully it's next week. We'll Fingers all three crossed. of us will be together, you know, and getting that done. So you know. Fingers crossed. And, you know, I've been thinking, too, it's, it's uh, about once every couple of years I like to do a you know, something out of the ordinary stuff that you don't hear on other gun shows since you're mm-hmm. talking about it, but like the science episodes and right. thinking maybe it might be time to do something like that again. So, you know, we could do, we could do like a four minute episode on selecting the right gun lubricant. Yep. Four minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pick something slippery. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Lightning round. Nice. Anyway. All right, man. Well, I guess we need to talk about some guns here. Oh, okay, yes. so look, man. Before our hiatus, you were looking at uh, maybe shooting some new stuff. Yeah. Now you finally got something in here, and well, you yeah. just go ahead. I won't go any further. Well, okay. So before the hiatus, I was actually pretty darn close to swapping over to a gun that let me make my you know Glock quote 18 unquote without having to cut stuff you know the the sig p320 was something i was looking at and and considering still have it probably need to get on the website and send it back because you know that whole thing and so that that kind of got shelved and and the the only reason i'm looking to step away from the glock i guess there's two reasons number one it's a little bit big for my hand and and i don't think glock has done a great job in helping people with normal-sized hands hold their gun. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of Glock 17s. You know, one of them, I can not defeat the safety on some, you know, I draw from the holster and all of a sudden the uh, the trigger safety locks up on me. Oh, my gosh. The gun is just, it's too big for my hand. Yeah. So I've been in, I've been searching. I had uh, a Smith & Wesson M&P 2.0 come into the local shop Full-size gun. I looked at it, and I'm like, hmm, I'm curious. I have an M&P you know, 1.0, if there is such a thing. But, you know, it, it didn't really get me going. I took a look at the, the 2.0, had a chance to shoot it in a Mag 30. And so I decided, hey, man, I'm going to carry this gun, you know, shoot it a little bit, carry it a couple of weeks before the class, shoot it over the course of the weekend, 3,000 rounds over three days, see what I think. Great, great chance to test this gun. Man, I really liked it. Oh. And so that is what it what's been making its way into my waistband every day is this M&P 2.0. It's not perfect. Uh-huh. But I like it. I okay, like so what are the aspects? I mean, of course grip, 
size. Yeah. Tr- yeah. Trigger reach is good, right? Right. So so Smith & Wesson has done a better job than its competitors in helping smaller-handed people be able to get a good grip on the gun. That's important, man. It is. Because there's a whole lot of smaller-handed people. Yeah. What, whether, you're, <laughs> whether you're female, whether you yeah. have shorter, stubbier fingers, whatever the case might be, you know, getting a, a good placement of the finger on the trigger is important. Um, so the small backstrap is what I put on this M&P 2.0. And on, on the first M&P that I had, worked pretty well. I liked it. So from that standpoint, with the M&P 2.0, the, the grip size is the same as the original. And the biggest thing that's changed is the grip texture, right? So I'm going to call it straight up aggressive. This is like, you know, the coarsest of skateboard tape you could put on a gun. So it it pulls chunks out of your hands when you shoot it then, right? Well, (laughs) I shot it for 3,000 rounds. I didn't have any blisters. And and keep in mind, this is a gun that I've not shot on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So going going to the range and shooting 3,000 rounds over three days with a gun that is not, you know, already hasn't broken your hand in, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's a fair assessment to it. Yeah, yeah. a fair test for the gun, right? right? So I had a little bit of irritation on my middle finger on my strong hand hitting the trigger guard. I had on my pinky pad and my ring finger pad some wearing from the, the, uh, the grip texture. You know, on the palm of my hand, there was some wearing. But from that standpoint, the texture wasn't too bad. Hmm. I was able to hold on to this gun in in any condition. Didn't matter whether my hands were clean or dirty or dry or wet or anything in between. Like this gun was sticking in my hand. That wasn't a problem. The trigger shape became a little bit of an issue for me. Huh. So the M&P triggers, now, now the trigger on the M&P 2.0 is much smoother uh, a much better break than the original triggers. That was one of the complaints that customers had. And, you know, Smith & Wesson addressed that with this gun. Great, right. awesome, fabulous. But the actual shape of the trigger shoe came to be a problem for me. It, it has a very steep curve to it. Mm-hmm. And what I found was the end of the trigger was touching in about the bottom third of the pad of my index finger. Okay. And I ended up with a blister there Ooh. from the shape of the trigger. Gotcha. Now, as the weekend wore on, I just started driving my finger farther into the trigger guard and, you know, putting it into the crease on my trigger finger. And that got rid of that that issue of the, the blister and the curve. Get it off the pad, yeah. Yeah, but I also don't – that's not where I want my finger. I had to adjust my grip and change my grip to make that happen. Right. So, so I've swapped that trigger out not to make the trigger press better. Just but the, just to get a shape that the sheer I like. dimensions of it, then. Yeah, a straight. Interesting. What, yeah. what what kind of trigger did you go with? I threw an Apex uh, Duty nice. in there. Yeah. So and, and I like good what Apex solid. Does. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do a good job of of testing their right. their triggers and, and working with them. But it, but again, what's important here is, you know, I think the trigger was great out of the box. I was making hits at 25, 30, 35 yards, not a problem. Mm-hmm. But. It just the shape wasn't right for me, my hand size, all the dimensions. So, right. you know, I changed the trigger not for a better trigger press, but a better placement of my trigger on the trigger finger. No, better placement of my finger on, on the, the trigger, trigger. face. Right, right. Like that. <laughs> so that's the that's the change. Those two changes, um, the small back strap and the trigger phase, were pretty important. And the other thing I did is I swapped out the sights. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big fan of three dot sites. I don't know about you. What, what, what sites do you like, Doc? Um, I'll be honest with you. It's just a standard all black. Mm, yes. You know, I mean, I, a lot of my guns do have three dots. I don't like Heine. What is it? The straight eights. Yeah. Right. Oh man, my so. eyes want to cross when I use mm-hmm. that because you know I wear progressive lenses now as my age has creeped up and it just I cannot pick it up. I just can't do it. I have to be very careful about where I place my eyes. And it, now, you know, progressive if lenses is that like you can only read Time Magazine and yeah. and not a more conservative publication? Right. Is that what progressive lenses are? Or <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. Huffington, but, uh, yeah. right? Huffington Post. Yeah. I actually listened to an interview with Ariana Huffington the other day. It was uh-huh. very interesting. Very interesting. You're drinking, right? Or now, you know, I I'm I think uh, spending time in. I hate to use this word because it's not it's not true, but in enemy territory. Yeah, yeah I was going to say li- the same liberals word. are not my enemies. That's not the case at all. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is some people that that have those liberal viewpoints are the opposite side. It's very interesting. So yeah, I, I enjoy that. Hey, speaking of which, did you yeah. see today? I was reading. Um, I listen to a lot of um, podcasts because I don't have time to listen to radio, mm-hmm. but it's actually podcasts of radio shows. And I was listening to one of the conservative shows I, I like to listen to daily. And um, uh, but anyway, he had also talked about it and then put a post up on Facebook where uh, the the former CEO of NPR. Awesome! I, I read did you see article. that? I want to say the article I read was a New York Post article about uh-huh. it. I might not be right, but I think you're right. It's either it was Post yeah. or Washington Times or something. It might have been from multiple Love the news art. sources because Love if it had not been from the host that 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 had, you know that I'm used to that posted, I don't know that I'd believed it. Yeah. But if you guys hadn't heard it, basically it was here here NPR CEO, right? The former one, which yep. is I'm mean, you're talking about progressive land usa right there or russia anyway um (laughs) (laughs) but but the whole point was he had i guess retired and started spending time with conservatives yeah just said i'm gonna go spend some time with conservatives let's see what this is really all about see what it is you know we've been talking about this and you know and all that and basically started making comments in his um you know what he was writing that conservatives weren't all that bad as a matter of fact they're very charitable he he, he listed right. instances right. as well but you know about how uh they were very caring and giving and and uh you know like I say were charitable uh you know were basically kind of church goers and all that which when he started talking it was kind of like well which which, which really isn't such a bad thing you know sure. <laughs> even though they've been saying it was for all this time but then started shooting and actually liked shooting has mm-hmm. basically changed his mind on a lot of this stuff, you know. And <laughs> it, it, it was a great article. It was really, really pleasant to read because I think both sides of the aisle, if we want to call it that, right? Yeah. And, and there are all different kinds of, quote, divisions, unquote, that exist in our lives that really aren't divisions. We make them so. But if we if we look at it that way and say both sides there, if we just looked at things with an open mind, mm-hmm. if we just really truly engaged in intelligent conversations, mm-hmm. not with a goal of winning, but with a goal of understanding, yeah, learning, right, learning, yeah, growing, learning, right. expanding, expanding what it is we we understand and believe, mm-hmm. 
man, we could accomplish so much. Oh, it would be so much difference, yeah. So much. Without a doubt. And and the fault, again, lies on both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly difficult thing. I mean, here we are. Uh, you know, I'm trying to choose my words very carefully mm-hmm. because I could make some Gun Nation listeners very angry if I choose the wrong words. I've done it. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I want to understand what other folks think for lots of reasons. But you're, that was a fabulous article. And folks, if you haven't read it yet, you know, just just look up NPR CEO. Heck, I'll do a Google search right now. And let's get the title of the article because it was it was really a great article. And I think that we should probably. Uh, okay, so it was New York Post. Yeah, Post. Former NPR CEO opens up about liberal media bias. Yeah. How about my that? Gut, my gut tells me that we should probably take and spend some time among, quote, liberals because I'm guessing that we, as as gun owners, have a confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. We have a belief. Therefore, we look for information that confirms our belief about liberals Mm -hmm. and maybe we can make some inroads to have some understanding because there's a there's way more common ground than there is differences well there really is and i'll tell you what a lot of times that comes out when you have like huge situations disasters Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. if you take the 9-11 situation you see everybody came together at that point it was uniting united together i mean you know and and we were all americans at that point well guess what we still are yep you know, it's just we need to um, – both sides need to educate themselves and, you know, to to the point that they can understand. Like, And I got to thinking about it. After I read that article, I got to thinking about it, and I thought, mm. you know, um, just recently uh, I had a guy um, say something to me about gun control and didn't yeah. understand why we – you know, we're so against it, you know, and all that. And I said, it, it, it's not so much about the fact that you don't, you, you would you would want to shoot or carry a gun or whatever. It, it's more about the fact that you're lo- losing your liberties and freedom. Yeah. And when that happens, you know, it's it, they chew away at it. Now, I, for instance, the guy I was talking to, I have no doubt in my mind that he had great intentions in the way he was trying to portray this. I mean, it's, I want to, you know, we, we, we'll be, we'll rush to it and say, well, it was a knee jerk reaction for him to, to, if he wants to come out and say, we just need to ban all guns right, or whatever. Right. Well, you know, that's just not going to happen. It's not. It's not they, they, they can try to ban them, but there are just so many in the United States. And, and of course, one of the things I say typically is, well, you know, why would you want to take mine? Well, he said, right. well, I mean, you know, because they're, those guns cause problems. I said, mine have never done that. You mm-hmm. know, that's what I always say. My guns and I have never done anything, you know. How often do you get someone that says to you, well, yeah, but you know what, Doc, you're the kind of guy that I actually want to have a gun. Because yeah. I get that a lot. I get a lot of people that say, yeah, but Paul, I mean, you know, you're the, you're the kind of guy that I want to have a gun. Yeah. Now I get that. Now it takes time typically when when people start out, they're like, well, nobody needs one. Well, do police need one? Well, yeah. Well, why do they need one? Well, to protect. Okay. Well, what if they're not there with you? 
and you've got one, you can protect yourself. Right. Yeah, but the odds of what? The odds of you protecting yourself, not protecting yourself, shooting somebody over a meatloaf dispute. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> meatloaf isn't worth it. You know, it's not. <laughs> but, the, but the whole point of it is, you're right. Eventually, they come down to it. Well, you're, you know, you, you obviously shoot. You carried for, you know, decades. You've, so, yeah, you know, you're okay. You're one of the guys that'd be okay doing it. You know, but it's these other guys. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the guy I work with, and he owns multiple guns. Actually, mm-hmm. he uh, came to me probably 15, 18 years ago, and was like, you know, I want to get, I want to start, pur- I want to purchase some guns. He, you know, I, I think he was always a, a conservative leaning person. Mm-hmm. He had some little, you know, I guess left leaning things as well, maybe a little social something or whatever, but that we don't have to talk about that because it really doesn't make any difference. The whole point was he was like, you know, I've been thinking about this and, you know, I'd like to have guns for the home for self-defense. I said, why stop there? You know, why don't you get a concealed carry permit here in North Carolina? You know, you can do that. I mean, what, who's going to say that, you know, there, it's not going to happen just in your house. It can happen anywhere that you're at. And I Mm -hmm. said, I said, but the most important thing is it's a freedom that we have. And he's like, oh, you know, that's exactly what I was thinking. And so I remember we went to the first gun show and we had discussed what what I liked. And he, I took him out shooting and, and, and all that prior to going to our first gun show. And he and I and probably six or seven, eight other people from all over the state had met for breakfast that morning. Uh, we're all friends. And he uh, uh, we went into the gun show and he had to have a hand a handcart <laughs> to take his stuff out. <laughs> I kid you not. And it really made me feel good. Not right. because I was involved with it, but just to see he got it. You know what I mean? He understood it. And so, um, I mean, he went out with some top notch stuff too, boy, you know, and, and from that point forward, now I talked to him at work. He's like, oh, I got this last week. I'm like, good for you, man. You know, and it's all good stuff, you know, and stuff we talk about and things like that. Not that I know what I'm doing, but you know, it's just that, it's good to see he's got his own opinions about works for what works for him now. He's got his wife involved with it. Mm. His son-in-law, his daughter, they're involved. They enjoy that now. I think she, uh, he got his uh, permit, and I think uh, maybe his daughter's working on it or something like That's that. Great. I don't know. Yeah, That's it is great. great. It's, it is fantastic. And, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> and he said, <clears throat> you know, there's, <clears throat> he said, but, you know, there's some people, and he said, I thought I was one of them. That was like, hey, I don't need a gun. I, I'm not the one for that. And I said, well, you know, that's okay too. I mean, if that if you make that come to that decision that you don't, and that's not your thing, that's up to you. But you can't impress your thing about yourself on me because I am one of those guys that needs it or wants it right. or both. Right. And I said, there are a lot of us out there, a whole lot of us out there. And I said, you know, it's like, well, people in the past have said to me, well, why do you need more than one gun? I said, well, okay, so you tell me what number of gun. So one's all I can have? Right. Why not two? Okay, well, two. You can have two guns. Well, then if I'm not going to do anything with those two, why not three? Mm-hmm. Well, all right, we'll say three. And you never can come to the number. Well, and, and let's be serious. You know, anything that that you have, you know, I'm a photographer, videographer. I don't just have one lens. I don't just have one camera body. Right. You know, there there are different purposes for each one. Exactly. I've got way too many lenses and way too many camera bodies, mm-hmm. and yet I I still have 
you know, I'm, I'm on the internet looking for what's going to be next because there's a particular shoot that I want to be involved with. Not a gun shoot, a camera shoot. Right. So if I'm a hunter, if I'm interested in home defense, if I'm interested in, in defending, you know, my nation, all these different things, they require different firearms because there's not one gun Never that is. solves it all. Lord. You know, and as, as cool, <laughs> watch this, Doc. As cool as the M&P 2.0 is, it's not the perfect gun for everything, right? Right. You see how I did that? I, I like the way you yeah, segued there. And I don't even know if it worked. Got but smooth, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it worked. That's fine. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, it's – I just wish we could I, – I wish we could bridge the gap. And I love the fact that this article from this, you know, former NPR CEO mm-hmm. – really does that it really reaches out and says hey i misunderstood you i mean i'm telling you he got it yeah he you can tell the light bulb came on yep and it was not just you know this 25 watt thing this was a friggin' floodlight that came on right Right. and so and it was it was well written and i was like right buddy right you know and i just hope people don't turn against him i hope that maybe he has opened some eyes of, of somebody that would be more open-minded. I mean, there, there's some folks on both sides that are just totally closed-minded, like you had said, you know, to be a little more open-minded um, to, to understand. And, and again, like I was talking about that, that guy to begin with, that was um, not, not the guy I work with, the guy I was talking to the other day. You know, I, 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 I stopped for a second and I thought, well, let me put myself in his shoes, his, I guess, emotional, side his um uh, train of thought is i hate to see somebody die i hate to see people get killed i hate to see right and then i think well you know that is a compassionate um you know empathetic it's it's there's a whole lot of emotion and for the right reasons Mm -hmm. you know but it, it may not be that the knee jerk reaction of take it away is the way to go you know, and, and, you know, and therefore people think, well, we're wanting to take it away. You guys want to actually add more <laughs> and and let <clears throat> and let everybody that can have one have one just to go get it. Right. And carry one everywhere. Right. OK, well, that's like so that's like, you know, Pluto compared to where they're at, you know, <laughs> so. but it but it makes so much sense. And, you know, I had a conversation with my dad about this quite some time ago. He he retired from the automotive industry as the director of environmental affairs and, and vehicle safety for mm. a company, for an automotive company. That's huge. Yeah. Well, he, he I was talking to him about gun safety. He says, man, you're looking at it all wrong, Paul. Now, <laughs> I don't necessarily usually take gun advice from my dad, right? I mean, I'm, I'm the gun you're guy. You're the guy, He's right. not, right? <laughs> right. You're he on the gun nation. Said, he said, Here's the deal, Paul. It's not about what's safe or what isn't safe. It's about what people perceive that they have control over. True. People are not afraid of automobile accidents because they believe that they are the ones that are in control of their destiny when they're on the freeway. Right. They can brake. They can steer. They know how to drive a car. When a semi, you know, runs into you from the back end or merges over on top of you, you have no choice, right? But mm-hmm. but people perceive, they believe that they do have the choice because they're they're commonly in contact with vehicles and every day it goes okay for mm-hmm. most people. 
with firearms, how many people don't have regular contact, don't have time with a gun, don't have that, that daily interaction where it almost always goes okay mm-hmm. or, or always goes okay for most of us, right? right? A lot of people don't have that. And so they have this irrational fear because they don't understand it. It's based on ignorance. Mm-hmm. And, and what you did, taking your coworker to go shooting and then heading to the gun show, you solved the problem. You got rid of the irrational fear. I think it's Tom Gresham that says, you know, that is inoculating mm-hmm. them against being anti-gun right. by taking them out shooting and educating them. And that's the key. I mean, that, it, yeah. I think he, he got the, the bug himself. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I can't take any credit for it because, you know, he was the one that went to seek it. Right. And, you know, it, it's like you, you don't want to push a person that's not ready um, because they may turn against it even further. But it, it, it's amazing, though, uh, once once folks get involved with that and they say it's not what I thought it was, you know, some people will actually get into it. Uh, this same guy, he had uh, I think he's got two daughters. He's one of them um, got married and the guy. No, no, no. Th- this was this was the he's got one daughter and her first husband. She She got divorced. I think she's remarried now. But the first husband decided he wanted to be a police officer. And so um, my buddy, his name's Tom, he said, uh, well, look, you know, since you're wanting to do this, let's go, you know, take some of my firearms and we'll go shoot. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, great. Yeah. Well, when they got to the range and all, you know, he just assumed that he was either a gun guy or had shot firearms or... um, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And what it amounted to was he just basically was, you know, Turn happy loose. to have him there. And, and right. so the guy goes in and he doesn't know anything at all, period, and had never shot before, period. And so Tom was like, well, okay, well, let's just, you know, go with, uh, I think he tried the 22, which, you know, made sense. Sure. And so... uh <clears throat> He ended up shooting, and when he did, he basically shot three or four times and put the gun down and said, I, "This is not for me." Right. He said, right. "I'm not. I can't. I can't do this. I don't like the sound. I don't like the fact that it's violent. I don't like the fact that it's you know." <clears throat> so, so now all of a sudden, here's a guy that wanted to go down the path of a career to be a police officer is now completely hmm. against that part but that's not for him now he he's not the kind i don't think uh to impress on somebody else because he is not the guy that nobody else should be the guy either you know so but anyway it's, it's an interesting situation you know, I, I recently had uh an opportunity that i didn't realize that i had i i had uh my wife's aunt a former cleveland police officer mm-hmm. and her friend who is from great britain now, former military from Great Britain, but never really an opportunity to shoot handguns. Right. Now, last year when he was in town, he said, hey, man, I'd love to go to the range. Oh, of course, let's go. This year, came back again. And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely, let's, let's get this set up. So right before my cousin came into town, I had some other friends drop in. You know, they're passing through. And they're like, hey, I'm going to stay for a couple of days. I'm like, cool, but tomorrow we're going to the range. You guys up for that? And so now I have, you know, three 
let's call them non-shooters, people that don't shoot guns, and a, a former Cleveland police officer. And so I found myself in this position where like, okay, well, how much instruction do they want? Right. How much help do they need? And it's really kind of a precarious situation. I, of course, would always want to f- default to too much mm-hmm. information to, to help with safety and learning and comfort and enjoyment yeah. than not enough. But really an interesting situation. We all had a great time. My favorite moment was when one of my friends, Joanne, never shot a handgun before in her life. Right? We got done shooting some nine millimeters. I'm like, hey, I've got a, I brought a 45 out. You know, John, you're from England. I mean, this is a 45, a 1911. I'm like, government model. It's American like, as it gets. Yeah, right? <laughs> like Normandy, like right, D-Day, right. like world, you're going to love this. I'm like, who wants to shoot the 45? Joanne. Boom. Hand sticks up like a like a sixth grader that's just super excited about, you know, the teacher calling. <laughs> I'm like, and man, she tore the center out of that target with this 1911. It's amazing. It, it was it was awesome, and it was it was finding that balance. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had a chance to dive deep into this book yet, but I I talked with Dustin Solomon and Rob Morse recently on the SSA podcast, and and I just fired off the link to you. Uh, yeah, see, I'm looking at yeah. It yeah, mentoring shooters, brand new book, <laughs> cracked me up. We were talking with Dustin Solomon, the author, about his previous book, Building Shooters, which is a book you know specifically for instructors. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you know, pretty soon I've got this book coming out and maybe would you be okay if I pitched on your show? I'm like, yeah, dude, go for it. I mean, you know, that'd be awesome. I jumped on Amazon and of course the book was already available. He's like, what? My book's available? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so like, like this, this guy is not worried about marketing. He's worried about good information. Right. I've got a copy, like it's on the nightstand, going to start reading tomorrow morning. It might be something that people that find themselves in that situation with that person that's never been to the range before that has this little bit of interest in guns, they might be able to pick up some points on how to be that ad hoc instructor, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and how many, here you are, Doc, do you teach classes for a living? Is that what you do? No. But how often do you end up at the range with somebody oh, that gosh. needs to learn something, right? All the time. Right. This, yeah, all this the time. is what the average shooter in America faces. You are the de facto expert because... And I'm not talking about you specifically, but the, the shooter in America is the is the expert because they yeah. know more than the people that they're with. Mm-hmm. And so a book like this, this can really help to, again, bridge that gap with, you know, the CEO of NPR right. that wants to go to the range. And if you just have a couple of, of little tricks up your sleeve, man, it can make a huge difference. Right. And, you know, the word mentor, that that's mm-hmm. it. That's the key right there. It's a perfect title for the book. It really is because, you know, and you don't really find yourself being in that role because you're enjoying, you know, going along. And I mean, most of our listeners, obviously, if not all of them, are ones that would do the same thing that we sure. would do and take them sure. out. But you don't really even, you enjoy yourself so much in the fact that somebody new is involved with it and how much they enjoy it and that that you don't really consider yourself a mentor it's just something that that's naturally happening i guess mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but it that's the whole point it just you get to the situation where people there's a mystical side of firearms i remember when i first started out when i was totally. young i was scared to death of that stuff you know and me too 
<clears throat> I remember, you know, of course, my dad's like, don't you ever touch these guns. You know, you, the only time you do it is when you're with me. Well, guess what? I didn't. Right. For two reasons. One, I was scared to death of them. And secondly, I was scared to death he was going to whip my tail. But, you know, we, we, he would take me out. We would go. We would shoot. We'd do our thing and all that. Come back and enjoy. And and it not only was that a family thing and, <clears throat> you know, a, a father, son or, you know, child then it, it not just that but it was also a situation where then i started not being afraid of so much now you always right. have to have that healthy fear of it obviously mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it got to the point where the the mystical side of it disappeared at that point you know and it, it just same way when you started driving you remember when you first started driving you're scared yes. to get behind the wheel this car is so big it's got this power you press it it goes fast and you're on the highway you're doing 60 you know and all this other stuff but you trying do it to merge dated, yeah trying to get in you're scared to death do you turn right do you turn left the light you know of course <clears throat> people blowing horn at you <clears throat> but the whole part, part was now every day you go to work you don't even think about it you don't even remember don't the even, process of driving. Don't even remember right? how you got there, right? right? You just, all day long, you know, I leave for work in the morning, and by the time I get to, to work, I, I don't even remember the drive at all, you know? And it's, that's right. So it, it, it gets to be, and again, you still have to have the healthy uh, fear, but it mm-hmm. just, it, it basically, that's what it amounts to. But I, I see I see these people that, that, that don't want to be open-minded enough to take a look at that. And I applaud this guy for doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. I really applaud him for doing it. And I don't know. I can't remember if uh, – I don't think he intentionally set out to prove, hey, we were right all along, folks. I think he just literally wanted to spend some time with people to see the, the real deal. I think know? I think his main motive was – Heck, man, you know, you look at statistics and journalists are, you know, four to one mm-hmm. liberal compared to conservative. Right. And so are we giving people a fair shake? And and I think that really following right along those lines, we all should probably take a look and say shooters are conservative. Right. I don't know. Is it four to one? I don't know. Three to two. Whatever. Are we giving the other side, quote, other side, mm-hmm. a fair shake. And it, it's right. probably worth looking at. Yeah. I it's agree. probably worth looking at because there are folks out there that are ardent firearm supporters that probably have different views about lots of parts of life than than you and I do. Mm-hmm. I agree. It, and it doesn't make them wrong. I agree. just makes them different. And I've been, I have, let me speak, and we have people <clears throat> that listen to the show that are not conservative. Right. They may have some conservative leanings. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, a lot of folks, I, I've been corrected many times <laughs> <laughs> in grouping people that were perhaps uh, liberal and progressive or kind of different. Of course, I, I tend to group people like that together. I don't mean sure. to, but, right. you know, it, it's just, I guess, a play on words a lot It's of hard time. to even know what these words mean anymore. <laughs> right, right, though, right. Because right. They, they, the lines are so blurred. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had people say, look, don't you, you know, I love guns. You know, I voted for whoever, but I love guns and this, and don't group me in that. And, you know, of course, I, I have to apologize because I don't mean to do that. That's not, mm-hmm. not, not the point. But some of those folks... That I mean, there's even clubs out there, liberal gun, uh, liberal, you know, 
yeah gun lovers or whatever you know mm-hmm. you see stuff like that on on the internet all the time uh, these are the folks too that i think maybe are or more that side in other aspects than we are that can understand a little bit more than we do right now maybe they can go out and help people to understand you know uh, that hey look these things are tools they're you know not what you think they are and it's right. not you know so yeah. anyway I mean the liberalgunclub.com doc uh, that's uh, um, an actual thing wow. and you know probably again there's especially when it comes to firearms a lot more that overlaps yeah between the typical conservative I agree. Then is different, and and we have to remember that. You know, we 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 so it's so easy to focus on the differences mm-hmm. than it is to look at what it is that is the same. I agree, and you know, Second Amendment's for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for yeah. No, this is not an American thing, right? It's a human thing. Human. Right? That's right. right. It's for everybody. But oh, that's awesome, man. I, I don't. Well, we got down that path. Didn't we? Yeah, dude. What were we supposed to talk about? Tonight? Uh, <laughs> no. I didn't want to mention you're talking about guns and there's not one gun that's good for everybody, or, you know, for yeah. every situation. Yeah. Holsters are the same way. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't right? believe me, go to my room downstairs. I have probably four drawers of, you know, man, I need to sell some of them. Right. <laughs> I could probably buy you a car. You can't sell them. And, and have a good conscience, though. No, I guess I can't. Because some of them are just, ugh. <laughs> right? Right. So I was thinking a while back, I, I, I thought maybe we'll do a little expose, so to speak, on different types of um, holsters for concealed carry, right. uh, for self-defense, wh- whatever, o- even open carry. I mean, I'll even throw that out there. Because, uh, you know, you up and carry at the range sometimes. You sure. do whatever. Sure. Um, some people do it, you know, in their uh, daily walk. Um, so, you know, I was thinking about doing that, and I thought, well, you know, the only way to be fair would be to get some of them in, and each of us maybe shoot some, you know, carry them and see what we like. And, of course, we've done that already to a certain degree, but there are new ones out there now as well. Um. I have. I'll have to admit, Paul. You have got me being a appendix carry guy. Mm-hmm. Never thought that I would ever do it. It motivated me to lose a little weight. <laughs> Not that it was bad <laughs> to begin with. I, I wouldn't. Right, but I mean, right. you know, just to get it comfortable, and it does make a difference. And of course, once you do it enough, you, you really don't even notice it. Right. I've got to the point now where I really don't even notice it, and. You know, it, it makes a, you know, now when I go to the bathroom, I know what to do. I've, I've got that part worked out, yep. uh, you know, in the car with the seatbelt, that part's worked out. I mean, you know, and it. How are you going to the bathroom in the car with a seatbelt, Doc? It's hard. I use the, the, the stadium pal. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing on the helmet, you know, with a. No, 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 dude. Sides. That's the thing. Oh, you, oh. It's a catheter and you strap the thing to your leg and, you know, no drinking, only depositing oh goodness so anyway no it, it's 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 <laughs> holy cow man <laughs> uh, but but anyway it's it, good it, to be back yeah, everybody we're back all right, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so um you know so i've been thinking about this and of course one of the big things nowadays is hybrid holsters mm. now 
I've seen on Facebook and online a lot of people talking about hybrid holsters. Yeah. Uh, I've never had a hybrid holster. <clears throat> that was one of the ones I would like to get. Now, <clears throat> that being said, I've read uh, multiple uh, people's, uh, y- you know, I guess... Interpretation? Yeah, their interpretation. That's the best word for it as to why you would not want one. <laughs> Not really opinion, but interpretation, yeah. I guess opinion, too. But the whole thing in a nutshell is there are reasons uh, that they come out. And, of course, you look into it, and sure enough, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. But you're giving up the comfort again. What I mean, what's your stance on the hybrid? I mean, we've, I don't know if we've ever really talked about it. Um, we haven't, but, you know... What what I find is that everything is a compromise in some way. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to carrying firearms, you know, my compromise is going to head towards safety. Mm-hmm. My compromise is going to lean towards accessibility, mm-hmm. reliability, consistency. And hybrid holsters provide none of those things. They really don't. They really don't. And mm-hmm. And... You know, I'm guessing there are a lot of people out there right now that really are wish mad. they could stick their thumb in their in my eye. Yeah. You know, and, and I get it. Um, but it, you know, I, I started out with with all leather holsters. Mm-hmm. I was a holster snob for a very long time. Wouldn't carry anything other than a a Milt Sparks. Mm, good you know, we're choice. talking Versa Max Two, right? Um, mouth stays open, yeah, very stiff, stiff well yeah. made. But man, I'll tell you what, in, a, in Ohio, I know it's it's not North Carolina, I know it's not Louisiana, but it gets pretty muggy up here in the summertime. Mm-hmm. That holster gets pretty soft, pretty moist. Yep. I'm not saying I'm not saying they didn't hold up over time because they did, but they got kind of funky, and I started to wonder, man, is there a better alternative? Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you start to think, well, maybe hybrid. Well, problem number one, that puts the sweat impacted side of the holster close to the body whereas the part that's resistant to sweat is outside right again why for physical comfort comfort yeah and i'm not i'm not against comfort but i also don't believe that those holsters are so comfortable that they mitigate all the other problems well i mean you're still sweating you still feel yeah. it it still drenches your shirt absolutely in, in that spot right i think it just so, distributes the way you carry it out a little bit better. I think that's, I think that's the goal of it. Yeah. But you know what, man, when you stick a hunk of metal in your waistband, Mm -hmm. there is a change in comfort. Just like when you put a brand new pair of boots on. Mm -hmm. Now that pair of boots may fit you perfectly, but that pair of boots that's not broken in and your foot that's not broken into the boots and my hand that wasn't broken into the Smith and Wesson M and P 2.0 when I shot 3000 rounds over the weekend, that had an impact on my hand, right? Right. Just like a holster is going to have an impact on your body. And I don't care whether it's made out of leather or Kydex or unicornium, which is some magical substance that we don't know about yet. <laughs> Whatever. It's going to have an impact on your body. And as a result, our body needs time to adapt to that. What I found when I switched to appendix carry is that it didn't take any more time to adapt to carrying a, quote, plastic, unquote, holster than it did to carry anything else. Right. And the awesome thing about Kydex in general is if you treat it properly, meaning you don't leave it, you know, in your oven 
or <laughs> on your dashboard in a 110 degree day right. in Los Angeles, the shape is going to stay the same no matter what. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to treat your gun's finish reasonably. It's going to be of the same shape to retain your gun. It's going to stay safe. And the problem with Kydex holsters is, I'm sorry, with with hybrid holsters is they change over time Mm -hmm. because your body changes the composition of that holster by sweating in the oils and greases and blah, 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 blah. So that's my problem with, with hybrid holsters is they sacrifice comfort for safety, retention, accessibility. Not my favorite choice. And I understand the comfort part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I do. Um, <clears throat> when you have, like, the Kydex, which is not forgiving, yeah, you know, it makes your, where you've got it, say, appendix carry or on your hip, your your skin, muscle, and fat that you have there has to be forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there are times like, you know, when, when you have an appendix, you're sitting down, you say you got a desk job or you're driving a lot, right. you know, right. um, I have found obviously the way to handle that is to get it. And I think you actually were the one that were talking about it, uh, how you get it, um, in the position across your body, uh, you know, and, and where the muzzle goes, to make it comfortable. So it's yeah. not like in the bend of your leg where the mu- muzzle's down your leg and the, the, the grip is up your stomach. I mean, you know, you it's adjusted where it's it's more comfortable, more up and down, I guess, so to speak, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which makes sense. I get, the, I get the lure of the hybrid, which is the reason I thought, yeah, you know, hey, leather, Kydex, what's not to love? Sure. <laughs> you know, and I think a, a, I come from... You talked about leather holsters. I came from the era, the time, the age when people, I mean, leather was it. I mean, the only other thing that would be deemed plastic were the newfangled, cheap nylon or Mm -hmm. whatever holsters that were out there. These crappy things that, you know, you could buy for a song. And then, you know, of course, they were pretty much worthless, I guess, to a certain degree. Yep. Um, not something I would want to carry all the time. Right. Of course, I bought those two just to see. Um, but now, you know, it got kind of a stigma, I think, to a certain degree. People think, well, these are plastic. You know, it's plastic, yeah. right? Yeah. Kydex is a plastic. And who wants plastic when you can have leather? Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean. Handcrafted. Handcrafted, beautiful, you know, got the matches your shoes, your belt, you know. And so, you know, I fell into that because I always have loved some of the, and I love the finer ones too, you know, mm-hmm. ones with the exotic skins and the, I mean, I love that shark and mm-hmm. buffalo and the whole shebang, love that stuff. Um, You know, and of course for me, Kydex, I thought, why would I ever want Kydex? I mean, you know, it's plastic. Right. They want as much for some of these as they do the leather holster. Right. Why would I want a piece of plastic costing the same as a leather holster? And, you know, it's like, okay, they're rigid. They don't give. You're the one that has to give. They're not soft. They don't, you know, and all this. But the thing is, with leather, you got a break-in period, Uh just like you said with shoes. Belts are the same way. Um, 
with the Kydex, you don't. I mean, it's you can adjust the tension welt on it if there's one or whatever, <clears throat> but it's not as much a, really a break-in period because there's no molding of that on your body or to the gun or whatever. It's right. already been done. Um, and it's pretty much going to be what it is from that day forward. Right. No not matter how change. much you sweat, <laughs> you know, no, no matter how many times you draw that gun in and out, it's pretty much never going to change. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much there. So honestly too, I, I think, and I've read and I've kind of seen this now that, uh, the holster wear is actually a little bit less with the plastic, <laughs> with the codex, I think, than some of the, uh, leather. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's it's actually molded to fit the gun exactly. A- am I right there? Do you? See I, that? I agree. Okay. I mean, it's not in that there general, wouldn't be some hole, you know, wear on it. Obviously, but yeah, I mean, Kydex just plain and simple holds up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a durable material, and what's interesting now is we're seeing a little bit of the snobbery of leather towards Kydex that we saw in the past. Mm-hmm. We're now seeing some of that in the idea of Kydex <laughs> towards injection molding. Right. So the nylons, yeah. As if, yeah, as if Kydex is somehow more mystical or magical because it's, you know, handcrafted and some guy molded it around a shape of a gun with a vacuum cleaner yeah, in an like, oven. Right. Just like they basically did with the hand boning of the leather. Yeah, right. right exactly. Right, right. All this all this interaction. And, and the fact of the matter is, <laughs> is that a properly designed holster that's made with injection molding might be the superior holster over the Kydex holster. Right. And I got to say that to me, I think will eventually be the way. Yeah. I, Coming from a polymer yes. guy. Okay. And, and of course, why is it knock that most holsters are made out of Kydex before they ever make it to polymer? What's the reason? That they're made out of Kydex? Yeah. Because you can uh, do it in your garage. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, that that's the whole you point. Spend, you get uh, sheets. Yeah. You get a blue gun or take your gun, it's tape cheap. it up or whatever, and just yep. slam it together. And that's why you see so many people that have never done holster work other than maybe for themselves starting to get into it. I, I mean, you know, there's been people come and go that do it in their garage. Right. And uh, I agree. You know, I agree. And now you've got uh, a lot of custom holster makers that do the Kydex, right? So. Right. That's right. And so I think, though, that as well, though, you got problems like, okay, say Phobos. <laughs> and, you know, they I, yeah. do an injection molding. Mm-hmm. But they, I think it was all centered around the design. Absolutely. You know, it wasn't the fact that it's injection molded. Yep. It's it's the design of the actual holster itself, in Just my like opinion. Just like a crummy Kydex holster is a crummy holster. Right. A crummy injection molded holster is a crummy holster. It's crummy. Yeah. And I got to say, injection molding typically uses a nylon. And that's strong stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Nylon is very strong. It's extremely durable. It's what, if, what would you think about a uh, polymer with like a 30% nylon, you know, for a magazine base pad or anything like that? Would mm-hmm. that be a good call? I like it. You like it a lot? Durable? Like, I'm getting excited. Man. I'm, getting, I'm getting moist on that one, buddy. I don't know. Still, <laughs> still, are you ready for this? Tell me about it. 14 weeks out. Man, I gave you the whole summer. I know, dude. And the spring. I know. And a little bit of winter. <laughs> no. I know. I think March it, was the last one. We, we, today, 
we submitted the final DFM. What is that? Do you know what that stands for? DFM. Uh, it's it's like the mold making company is you know doing a final analysis of all of our plans. I don't know. I don't I guess know. I should, but I don't do molds like that. So. I'll tell you what, <laughs> my man. It must, it must stand for like something like films. done, forgot about your money, pay us again. I, yeah. I don't know. It is, yeah. So finally, finally today, I gave the final approval. And and are you ready for this? Do it. Plan shieldplanb.com was too long to fit on the base pad. <laughs> Oh, but wait. Of all the things. You ready? Yeah. Magfix.co. Oh. Magfix. I like that. I like it. Fresh news. Nobody else has heard that in the whole wide Right here. You've heard it. Right here on the Gun Nation. Fresh. I like it. It's not horrible. No. It's not horrible. Magfix.co. Yep. All right. Yep. So is that live now? It's live. Yeah, actually it is. If you type in magfix.co, it takes you to the old Plan B page, which isn't updated yet because I've been working so hard to try and get all this stuff uh, working. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very We're cool. getting close. We're getting close. Well, that's good, man. Well, like it, you say, nylon's the ticket on that for sure. It, you know, it's it's going to be more durable than the aluminum. Oh, without a doubt. And it's yeah. it's extremely chemical resistant. And what I mean by that, you think, well, I'm not going to be dropping chemicals on. Well, no, no. But like, you know, your body has sweat. Sure. There's salts. There's acidity. And not you use a gun cleaner excellent. to, yep. you know, clean your gun. And there's some of it in the magwell. And, yep. and it, it will not affect it at all. And, you know, so it makes all the difference in the world um, as well. But I think, like, you know, we say with those holsters, though, I think that's going to be the way to go. And see, at that point, I think the prices can will come down more. Oh, yeah. Because they're making they, they them will. with mass that's right. production at that point. You that's know? right. And, and these codecs you're seeing, <clears throat> you know, like I say, um, I remember watching some video and they were talking about, oh, new holsters. And, you know, this came out and that one and this for, okay, the guy's got his Glocks 19. And, you know, I've got these two new holsters and I sat there and looked at them. I thought they look exactly the same. Right. They're from separate people that make right. them. Right. As a matter of fact, you know, where they put the, I guess the detachments from the front, the back, they, the rivets or whatever they mm-hmm. call those. What do they call that? That particular yeah, it depends on, on what you're looking at. Chicago <laughs> screws, rivets, yeah. Yeah, the ones with the holes, you tip, right. you know. But anyway, <clears throat> in it, and, you know, I swear they they were even the same color. They looked exactly the right. same. And I got to thinking, you know, and they're probably 50, 60 bucks. And sure enough, he mentioned it, and I was like, so so where can you go with this? I mean, you know, you've got people that are bigger selling these now. You've got companies that do other things as far as gear and you know, firearms related stuff and whatnot that make them now. They're bigger companies. You got smaller companies that are reputable making. You got garage people making them. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that either. Nope. Uh, and the like. And so, <clears throat> you know, really it'd be for the mass production. Phobus in, in the mass production side of it, they've got that right, but they're not. It's just the design. They're blowing it on the design side. Yeah, the whole the whole point of those, you know, you see. If you don't believe me, go to YouTube and and just type in Phobus problems or whatever. I mean, you know, these they they have the paddle holster. Well, you know, some guy reaches, shows he reaches up, grabs it, pushes down, and it just rips the paddle right off. Right. Right. Uh, Other guys, they'll show them they can't draw the big one. They can't draw the gun out of the holster. Yep. It just won't come out. 
And um, they, these are ones that, you know, it, it's, they're, they're, I guess, concentrate on the tension, the way it pinches around the back of the trigger guard or whatever. It goes in, but you have to basically rip it out with authority of the, but it's still no guarantee that it comes out. Now, I don't want my carry holster <laughs> being like that. I want it to be able to, to, to retain when yeah, I want right. it to retain, but I want to get it out. I want it to come out a positive right. out. You know what I mean? Cause that's, that's the whole point. And so, um, you know, so put those types aside <clears throat> and, and if Phobos were to come out and have a really good design and mass produce these for, for, you know, almost all firearms available today, uh, I think that they might could turn that around. You know? Sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> and even if they charge a little bit more, yeah. yeah, you know, if they charge a little bit more, but I'd love to see that. I'd love to see more of that. But um, but you're right. But let me let me ask you this. You know, okay. So a hybrid holster is leather on the back. Why don't you have maybe the back of the holster to be a, a mold, injection molded or even a Kydex, maybe a thinner piece that's a little more pliable. In other words, not quite so rigid. Yeah, um, there's there's lots kind of, of designs out there right now that are <clears throat> working to incorporate uh, what I would call uh, you know man made fibers you know man-made materials right that are softer well neoprene is one of them i've seen sure. i think it's sure. outbags makes one that's got the neoprene back to it it's a hybrid but the backing is neoprene uh that's against the body now they attach that to a leather piece which mm, i'm thinking interesting. why don't why you attach it to a codex or a mm-hmm. a plastic piece that way you never have it flop down right you know once it sweats and gets you know, you work it, it starts stretching, and it causes it to turn down, which is one of the issues. Or simply, you know, get that Kydex holster and grab some Dr. Scholl's moleskin mm. and slap that on the skin side there of your you holster so that it's a little bit more comfortable. Now you. you're talking. Right. And, okay, and so that makes all the, the you know. Yeah. So just ditch the leather. I can't believe I'm saying <laughs> Ditch the leather and just produce the backside to be... There you go. Why, why aren't they doing – I don't – are there ones out there like that? Yeah, there are some out there, and I can't give you a name off the top of my head right now. Uh-huh. Uh, but – and I don't have a ton of experience with each of these holsters because I've just – I've moved to what works for me, and that's full Kydex because I want a, a holster that's going to be consistent every single time no matter what. Mm-hmm. And anything that's soft on the back is going to change based on you know where it's positioned on the belt and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of other – factors that affects the retention, the draw stroke, etc. So I've just gone full Kydex. But there are folks out there that are making holsters that are probably a little bit more reasonable than your average leather hybrid holster mm-hmm. that you might want to take a look at. No oh, good. Now what holster are you carrying typically right now? Uh, right now I'm working with a Dark Star Gear Dark holster. Star. Yeah, Dark Star uh, Tom Kelly makes Dark Star gear. He is, uh, you know, a full-fledged engineering type guy. Nice. Smart guy. Understands about violence and combatives and what retention is about with holsters and and has done a nice job. So, you know, my full-size M&Ps and a Dark Star appendix in the waistband, it incorporates a claw to kind of tuck the the butt. And I got to tell you, I've got a uh I've got a new Shield 2.0 and I've got a new compact 2.0 coming from smith and wesson so i'm really interested in investigating those two guns to find out what the best compromise is when it comes to you know concealed carry capacity sight radius etc 
looking forward to it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. On that dark star, do you have the sweat shield? Does it go nope. up or nope. so you just no. have it oh, 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 yeah, I got to think about it, Doc. Hmm? Um, I've had a couple of beverages tonight, so the gun is put away. <laughs> and it does have a sweat shield. Uh-huh. So it does, you know, it, it keeps the gun away from my skin. I've got some Trigicon HDXR sights on the gun that nice. come a little bit past the sweat shield. So, yeah, got full that. sweat shield. Um, and I'm very happy with it. Very happy. Yeah, and see, that's another point, too, with the sweat shield. I mean, in the leather ones, they have a tendency to want to eventually curl down. Yeah. Well, which and, you can't reholster can without part. muzzling your gut. See. Yep, and they and they can end up in the trigger guard. Yeah, very much. Oh, that, so. that oh boy, yeah. I've seen that before. Press the trigger. Yep, yep. You've seen the horror stories about yep. that happening. Yep. Um, and of course with Kydex, it never will change. Right. Now, is this Dark Star? Is that Kydex or? Is yeah, it that is Kydex. Yeah. It is Kydex. Now, a lot of the the high quality Kydex holster makers are using a lot of technologies that you're, you know, are starting to get towards the realm of. Injection. Injection molding, you know, yeah. they're using well, and again, that makes standard sense. molds. Yeah. They're it, using it vacuum forming. Right. They're using CNC machines to do the cutting, mm-hmm. and so we're getting to the level of precision that we would expect from an injection molded holster. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting we're getting quality. Excellent. Good quality stuff. Yeah, and never be afraid to buy the best. You know. Well, yeah, cry buy once, cry once. Right. That's the that's right. the saying. Exactly. Okay, you can end up with. Ten times the amount in your drawer. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and <laughs> one tenth so, yeah. in your bank account and one tenth in your drawer, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I might have to check old Dark Star out and see if I can't yeah. get one. Check yeah, that tell out. Tom tell Tom I sent you. I'll do it, man. I will do it. All right, buddy. Well, I guess we're over an hour. How about that? How about that? It's awesome. It's just been good. It's rolled, it's flowed, and good to be back. I actually wanted to talk about something else, but we'll. I, it'll, it'd be great to save it for next time. Beautiful. But I'll talk to you. I'll tell you, everybody, tease a little bit. But I'm looking at uh, really wanting to do the um, AR pistol mm. mm-hmm. with the <laughs> intention, obviously, of car carrying, mm-hmm. and. Um, trying to decide how and what to do mm-hmm. and if my thoughts are making any sense to anybody that's knows better than me er, ergo you <laughs> <laughs> and uh <clears throat> you know just kick that around some right, and right. uh but we'll, we'll get to that next time well um, if we're teasing mm-hmm. you ready for a tease let me have it today big green got a new ceo oh my gosh and you'll never guess where he came from. Um, Walmart? Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so they actually that. picked somebody that's gun-related? Oh, yeah. Oh, my so gosh. So gun-related. Who is it? Well, let me throw it out this way, and then we'll just leave it here. Oh, I like it. I saw an Instagram post from uh-huh. Tax Soup today. Uh-huh. Newest introduction from, from Remington might very well be an 870 Curve. Oh. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of how to describe when you, when you flush a toilet. Oh. How do you, how do you accelerate the flush? I thought we were going in the right direction. What? What? <laughs> what? 
Oh let's talk. Let's let's God. talk about this next week. Oh, oh yes, we got so Amazing. much to go over next week. <sighs> Excellent. All right, man. <laughs> I don't think they're going to send me an R fifty two. That's not going to happen. Or curve. <laughs> Jeez. There'll be no curve coming either. Nope. No. Well, anyway. All right, buddy. <laughs> what an ending to the show. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> All right, Doc. Stay so, out of trouble, buddy. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Good talking to you. Good talking uh, to you, too. Yeah, hopefully, all three of us will hit it next week. Yeah, next week. Let's do it. All right, man. All Thanks buddy. a lot. That will do it for this episode of The Gun Nation. We appreciate you listening to our program. Hey, visit to gunnation.us for all things Gun Nation, including the links and show notes we talk about in each and every episode, as well as the link to... Average Joe's website, Average Joe Handgun, Average Joe's Handgun Reviews, I can't say it. And also, Paul Carlson's at Safety Solution Academy. So go check those out as well. And until the next episode, you guys stay safe, and we'll catch up with you next time.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.